Good morning. The scripture today comes from Exodus 4, verses 10 through 17. Hear these words. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I want to uh, remind you kind of where we are in uh, our sermon series. We're talking about friendship. Now, this is the first week of friendship that we've been talking about here uh, in the sanctuary. Um, But if you really like the topic, um, you can go back to last week's um, chaplet online. Uh, So while we were having Confirmation Sunday here um, online, um, I did a sermon related to uh, Ruth and Naomi. Um, And so if you'd like to go back and kind of see some biblical treatment there about uh, friendship and how God uses friendship uh, so that we might grow deeper in our discipleship uh, with God, uh, that's a great opportunity for you. So I truly believe that the friends that we have, that God places in our lives, are there to help us learn and grow, sometimes to allow us to mentor others, and sometimes for us to be mentored. That friendship is really one of those qualities and aspects of life that God uses to grow us in our faith. I can look back across my life, especially my childhood, and how instrumental the friends I had uh, were. Um, Now, uh, you know, I was one of those church kids. um, My pastor referred to me as a turnip. Uh, Anybody familiar with that fruit of the Spirit? When you open up the doors, I turn up, right? Uh, yeah. Um, but I was just one of those kids that just really loved being at church, loved interacting with people, loved having that opportunity. And so if there was a program being offered, I was there, right? Um, you know, the youth choir, I was there, even though my mama said that I was cut out for singing, just not sewed together the right way. Um, but, but that was just kind of how church was. That was what youth group was like. Um, I loved being at church. And so those relationships that I got there really allowed me to grow in my faith. 
As I moved into college, um, you know, I'd say I picked the college I went to because of the friends that were going there. I know that doesn't sound right, but it still worked because those four years of being at the Wesley uh, Foundation there at Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches really formed me. Um, I was part of my first covenant group there. I was sent on the walk to Emmaus in college. I just had so much opportunities to grow deeper in my faith with Jesus. Um, I picked seminary where I went uh, because it had the lowest average age of the 13 United Methodist theological schools. Um, I wanted to go to seminary with folk that would be my colleagues, that would be my friends. I wanted to be formed by that relationship. And even under my appointments that I've gone to, especially here, God has moved into my life friends who have really made a difference in my life. Uh, Powerful opportunities to be formed by friendship. So I wonder, who's your closest friend? Who's your closest childhood friend? Is it possible that it might even be a sibling? You know, you got Charles and John Wesley. Uh, You've got uh, Hansel and Gretel, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Venus and Serena Williams. Did you know that Shirley MacLaine and Warren Beatty were siblings? I had no idea. Explains a lot. Um, And then uh, for those who like uh, Supernatural on CW, Sam and Dean Winchester, right? We have to do the whole... uh, whole place. Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron are part of those siblings that God uses as a team to advance salvation history. Moses was the youngest of his siblings. Any, any baby, babies of the family out there? I am. Yeah, it's a good, that's right, Peter Young, raise that hand high, right? It's great to be the baby, right? Anybody out there firstborns? I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, you have to be so responsible. Any only children? That would be my, you know, my wife and all, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, so it's interesting, right? Moses is the baby of the family. And don't you think it was interesting in the family when Moses' mama said, Miriam, take your baby brother down, put him in a basket, float him in the river over where the princess bathes. We're going to get this mouth fed, Right? I could just see Miriam and Aaron going, what? Why didn't we get pawned off of the royals, right? You can see all of that. You know, the baby always gets to do uh, much earlier, right? But Miriam and Aaron took care of Moses uh, in making sure that he had the right harbor to find his ship docked in. Uh, That Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house, grew up as a royal with all of the privileges, but he never forgot where he came from. Um, I wonder what that relationship was like, uh, because surely uh, as an Israelite, he would have looked, acted, and spoke differently than the Egyptians there in the Pharaoh's house. Um, And so interestingly enough, having been clear on his heritage, he finds himself as a young man out in the midst of the empire and a uh, guard, one of Pharaoh's guards is beating a Israelite laborer. And Moses, he um, realizes who he is and where he is, and he goes to confront the guard, and he uh, beats and kills the man, and ends up running away. I don't know if it was out of shame, or if it was an embarrassment, or uh, maybe uh, things were rocky with Pharaoh anyways, and he didn't really want to see himself getting kicked out. He ran into the wilderness, and for 40 years worked as a shepherd, 
found a woman to marry, found a family to be a part of. Um, I wonder, right, what is it about this whole shepherd thing that seems to be the way in which God forms people in the Old Testament? Uh, But we know that Moses and Aaron must have kept in contact because as Moses shows up there in front of the burning bush and speaks with God uh, and gets down to the point to where Moses says, whoa, 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 I know you're the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know all these things, but um, I don't speak so well. That's, that's almost like the dog ate my homework for like divine assignments. And so Moses says, yeah, I'm not so sure. But Aaron must have been close to Moses. Aaron must have been close to God. Because God says, hey, didn't I give your brother a really good ability to talk? Doesn't he have that that gift of gab? In fact, he is coming here right now. And you will talk to him, and he will talk for you. And together, we'll lead the Israelites. Uh, Moses um, is a powerful figure. Moses is a leader on top of leaders, right? He is the one that um, delivers uh, the Israelites out of slavery and bondage. But he would be no one without his older brother, Aaron. Now, I want you to kind of get some of the context for this story. In the time of Moses and Aaron, in that Old Testament period, that the favor, honor, and privilege would go to the older brother. If dad dies, who's in charge of the family? The eldest brother. Uh, Who gets the inheritance? Who's the favored child, right? Go back to the prodigal son and remember all of those kind of pieces that come together. And, And granted, that was in the New Testament, but rewind it into the Old Testament, and it just gets more deep and more serious. And so when God calls Aaron to follow Moses, God is turning upside down once again our conceptions of leadership, our understandings of power, our very nature of looking up to our older siblings. But Aaron, Aaron was connected with the Hebrew community of slaves. Aaron was known by the Israelites. So when Moses comes back from the desert and says, all right, we got a plan, and he begins writing X's and O's and uh, tells them what the play is going to be, Aaron's there to remind the Israelites, you remember Moses. You remember uh, who he is. Uh, Aaron, and Aaron was indispensable to Moses Think about this. Together they faced Pharaoh. They brought about the 10 plagues onto Egypt, and they led the Israelites out of captivity through the Red Sea. These are moving, powerful stories that illustrate the bond that Moses and Aaron had. Now, I don't know about you, uh, it's interesting that Aaron never saw himself uh, as lead dog. Never once. Now, there was that one moment Um, When Moses went up on uh, Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, do you remember this? Um, And and so the Israelites are camped at the bottom of the mountain, and they're uh, looking up, and I'm sure they see lots of lights and show and smoke and everything else. And, you know, while the cat's away, the mice will play. 
And the Israelites said to Aaron, says, hey, we want a God that we can see and that we can experience and that we can uh, worship. So we're going to take all of our gold, melt it down, and make a calf so that we can worship Baal. This is like, you know, loving Superman and wanting to follow kryptonite. I mean, this is opposites in so many ways, right? And when Moses comes back down, he sees all of this. And he looks at Aaron. And what does Aaron say? Well, I didn't tell him they could. Oh, oh, are, shame on y'all. Are you worshiping Baal while Moses is getting the Ten Commandments? Right? Like Aaron loves to kind of abdicate his authority. And so in that moment, we see a picture of Aaron, the communicator, but not the leader. And we see Moses, not the communicator, but the leader. It is a teamwork of them working together. Aaron had to humbly, uh, humbly accept God's choice of his younger brother over him. And by working together, the brothers accomplished more than they could have ever done on their own. And by serving faithfully as a spokes- spokesperson for Moses, Aaron uh, has compensated for his brother's weakness and his feelings of inadequacy. It's an amazing thing that Aaron is celebrated throughout salvation history for having been humble in his service to his younger brother. Friends, I believe that God gives us the gift of friendship, oftentimes with our own siblings, so that we can advance the kingdom, so that we can grow deeper into our discipleship with God. Uh, it is an opportunity for us to grow. Um, some of the things that have uh, occurred to me as I've been reading and preparing for this sermon and this series is that uh, iron does sharpen iron. And there is no one who uh, is as steady as a brother. Like when we start thinking about these particular um, uh, relationships and how they might grow us and move us forward, uh, we're looking into God's design and plan for us. Now, sometimes, um, you know, friendship is not as accessible with our siblings for whatever reason. There's been uh, family conflict or family difficulty. Uh, But have you ever had that moment when you've met someone and spent time with them and continue to pour into it and you realize that this person is no longer a friend, they are family. Sometimes we find our family by choice and sometimes our family is given to us by blood. But those particular friendships, those particular partnerships, those places where God can use us to rub off the rough edges and to then take a step into the new world. Um, I found it uh, so interesting. My uh, sister and I uh, fought like cats and dogs uh, when we were younger. I remember the moment when I got um, stronger than her. And I was like, ha, this is cool now, right? Because like, you know, she was always stronger and older and taller than me, right? But then I remember uh, when I was ordained, um, she was ordained elder in the same class. She was four years ahead of me, but because of her PhD work, uh, she ended up getting ordained elder at the same time. And I treasure the picture that we have of our ordination class um, they're kind of, it's, it's like an awkward graduation photo with like all the members of the class and except you don't have the square hat, um, you have a stool. Anyways, um, I treasure that picture uh, because it was at that moment that we began seeing each other differently. We began working together differently. 
Uh, all of a sudden, I had someone who I could call and say, help me understand how to lead in this particular congregation. Or she'd pick up the phone and call me and say, all right, I have this uh, class assignment for my students in seminary, and they're not getting it. What am I missing? Isn't it wonderful that God can use those relationships in our lives? I think back on the many different friends that God has placed in my way and the way that I am who I am today because of God's grace through friendship. I hope that you've begun a chance to kind of reflect and notice that God has placed friends in your life for a specific reason, for the opportunity to grow deeper in your relationship with God. May God bless you with friends, and may together we advance the kingdom, maybe not as dramatically as Moses and Aaron did, but hopefully with the same amount of teamwork and desire. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.